0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hi, I'm John McEnroe, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast.
2: Well hello and welcome to the tennis podcast. The day has finally come. The Stathil Masters Tennis is about to conclude here at the Royal Albert Hall but what a week we have had Catherine Whitaker. Has it been good? Has it been good? It's been fantastic hasn't it?
3: It's been an all-time good week at the Stathil Masters Tennis certainly for me anyway. I mean I couldn't have asked for more.
2: Me either me either and I tell you what The result of the final particularly was... I think what many people would have expected it to be in terms of the two players that were in it, Fernando Gonzalez against Andy Roddick. I think most people thought Roddick would come out on top, but in the end, it was Fernando Gonzalez of Chile, both players making their first appearances here, and it was Gonzalez who came out on top against Roddick, but it was a cracking final. And David Levy, who's been part of our team all week long here at the Royal Albert Hall, and who sat at this very table just four or five nights ago uh, when we were previewing this tournament David Levy it has been a, a corker of a week hasn't it? It's
4: been one of the great weeks yeah it's been a real honor to be back here working in the media team um, some new players this year some different ones um, so it's great to, to get to know them and, and to see them play some really fantastically entertaining tennis so yeah a really good week and uh, I'm very honored to have been part of it.
2: Me too me too I've been honored too and I spoke afterwards to another person that was honored to have been here Fernando Gonzalez who was a very happy man.
5: No, it's been a really nice experience I mean, playing this theatre with this atmosphere against these kind of players that I used to play on the tour many times, I'm, I'm really happy for this. I enjoy a lot playing tennis back and, and hopefully the people have fun because I did have a lot of fun uh, playing here.
2: When you first walked into this arena, what did you think?
5: Oh, I think where I am because uh, I know this place. and. Uh, I watch many concerts and here I know that have a lot of history so it's an honour to be part of the action here. It sure is and you were out there
2: today with Andy Roddick. It's, uh, what is it like to play him? I mean you had some
5: battles with him over the years. Yeah, we play many times. Also we played last week, we always have tough matches. I enjoy a lot playing with him, also it's very tough, we have really long points and uh, I mean it's, it's fun because after you retire you never think that you're going to be back and, and I have this great invitation and, and I enjoy it a lot.
2: How have you found your post-career life, your retirement life, how has it been so far for you?
5: It's been okay, it's been really good, I mean I have no complaints for it, um, I did many things for tennis, uh, my li- I give my life for tennis and I still give it so because I'm, I'm really happy, I have a lot of passion for, for the game and I'm, I'm living with tennis you know every day from a different uh, position now but but still enjoying a lot including coaching i understand including coaching i have a tennis academy tennis camp there i have my foundation and I, uh, if they call me i go and play really have a lot of fun and, and of course coaching on the tour for a couple of weeks a year that's really good for me
2: yes because uh, this is the era of the super coach so you're now maybe oh. going to be a super coach Along, alongside Goran Ivanovic and
5: Boris Becker and all Stefan Edberg all these guys yeah I hope so I mean I mean it's really important to give the experience give the, um, uh, you know what we, we learned during our career and now after when you retire you see everything more clear and you see the game much different how much
2: Time do you want to do that to coach? It's Santiago Geraldo, isn't it, that you're coaching?
5: Yeah, Santiago Giraldo. is, uh, well, he's, he's one of the best Latin American players at the moment. And uh, and uh, I don't know, we started almost a year ago and we have a commitment until the end of the next season. So we're going to see, you know, because it's I'm going to travel between 10 and 12 weeks. I'm really happy with that. I'm a little bit tired to, to, to travel that much, but, but it's a great. Um, Experience and uh, hope to do it well. And
2: what are your goals with him for the for this next year for 2015?
5: First of all, I want him become a better tennis player. I mean, he needs to improve many things technically, and and of course, in during his when he play strategy, you know, have to be. But I think if you give me a number, I think he can be he can be a top 20. He have to improve a lot, but he can be maybe in the top 20.
2: Fantastic. Well. You were the number one this week, Fernando. It's been great to see you again. Hope you're back again, and uh, we'll see you soon.
5: Thank you very much.
2: So that's Fernando Gonzalez, Catherine, and fascinating to not only hear his thoughts about the type of week he's had here in London, and he obviously really enjoyed himself, but also the fact that he is interested in continuing his coaching of Santiago Geraldo. He's, He's defining and describing himself as a super coach. Pretty cool. Who's next?
3: Yeah, maybe. I mean, c- putting super in front of your job title is probably a good good way to go. Super broadcaster. I'm a super podcaster. Super podcasters, Catherine Whittaker and David Law. Super communications director, David Law.
2: Oh, this is, you can carry on if you like.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, referring to oneself as a super coach is probably a good way. I mean, and deservedly so. I guess a super coach is someone who's uh, achieved huge success of their own. I guess reaching a Grand Slam final probably qualifies you as a super coach. So quite right. Santiago Geraldo's done well to bag himself a super coach, hasn't he? It's probably no disrespect to him. And he's obviously aiming for this not to be the case for much longer, but probably the lowest ranked player by quite some way to have a super coach. So good luck to him.
2: And absolutely right. And, and he also said there, Gonzalez, that, he th- that he's hopeful that Geraldo will get inside the top 20. I'll tell you what I want to see. I want to see a one-set shootout between Fernando Gonzalez and Santiago Geraldo.
3: Well, I tell you what, I know the the conditions here are rather different to the main tour, both in terms of opponent and venue and all the rest of it, but he looked pretty special. At his peak moments, he looked like the same old Fernando Gonzalez. I guess he's a little bit less consistent and a little bit less fit, but when he looked good, he looked just as good as he ever ever had.
2: David Levy, what, what is it like to witness the Andy Roddick game up close? Because, I mean, you've been down there, you've been court level, you will have seen him on TV many times. I think this is probably the first time you've worked at an event with him. What What is it like to witness that power firsthand?
4: It was amazing. I mean, the power of not just Andy, but of Fernando still, you know, just on him. He hit a forehand today that was clocked at 107 miles an hour. <laughs> Age 34, playing on the Champions Tour. I mean, that was phenomenal.
2: I, you know, th- I think that's pretty much as fast as any forehand I've ever heard of.
4: Yeah, I- I saw you hit a couple earlier in the week, which were close, but um, Fernando just edged it. It's a shame we didn't have the the system on to measure it when, when you and Catherine were playing. But no, in answer to your question, it's wonderful to see Andy play. I mean, he's still got all the mannerisms, the quirks to his game, the pulling up the sleeve, the tipping of the hat. His service motion is still the same. And yeah, I mean, his service motion is you wouldn't coach a player to hit it like that but it's brilliant. Uh, and yeah, when he hits an ace down the middle, it stays hit. And it, yeah, it was it was really great to see it up close and and actually just to be around him and his team are all lovely people and see him very relaxed um, and enjoying his first time in the Albert Hall. So yeah, a real treat.
3: I believe Andy Roddick, to give him his dues as well, clocked a serve earlier in the week at 146 miles per hour. And he was so staggered to see that he had hit a serve of that speed still, that he he agreed with his opponent at the time, who I think would have been Xavier Melis, would it have been? Whoever he played in his first match, uh, he agreed that that one wouldn't count. He could not possibly have hit a serve at the age, two years past retirement, at 146 miles per hour. However, he promptly hit one at 140 miles per hour, which he decided would go down in the record book. So pretty special stuff
2: uh now andy roddick the man we're talking about we spoke to him shortly afterwards after the uh, match he played against fernando gonzalez in the final well andy you've just completed your first stator masters tennis i say completed i think you just mentioned to me that you're about quarter of a way through your day having just finished the final which you didn't win but uh, you gave up a good fight and you've still got some more to come with the charity match but how's it been
1: oh it's been great um you know fernando fernando played great today um you know we played last week on a very fast court and i barely got through so uh, when I hit for the first time this week out there, I knew I was in trouble if I played him. So, but uh, it, it was fun. I think the crowd enjoyed it, and uh, you know I, I certainly enjoyed my week here. Has it been
2: what you expected it to be?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I don't know that you can ever prepare yourself for uh, for a venue like this. Um, it's it one thing seeing any of the pictures, where where uh, it's impressive in its own right. But then to to play it and experience it was uh, was a real treat for me.
2: Just finally, you mentioned a couple of days ago that you'd taken tea with Tim at Wimbledon uh, on your trip there. Tim was on the Tennis Podcast yesterday telling us that you've been made an honorary member of yeah. the All England Club. What, what an amazing honour that must be.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's actually happened uh, at the beginning of 2013, um, You know, but I, I hadn't been over here uh, yet. Um, so it was such a... It's something I didn't expect at all. You never feel... Um, you know, worthy or deserving of uh, of such a big honor. But um, I was really humbled. Uh, You know, there there are a lot of things that, uh, you know, we we definitely take for granted having seen uh, in the tennis world over, over many, many years. But that was one where, um, I was a little bit floored by it and, uh, to kind of go there, go back there the other day and, uh, you know, go to members parts that I'd never been, been to before, um, was very surreal and, uh, taking my wife there and showing her where we walked out and everything was, uh, was a really cool experience for me. And it's, um, it's just, uh, it's, it's an honor.
2: And you get the official tie now.
1: I got the, I got the tie. I got I know, I know Tim, uh, mentioned I have to learn how to tie it and he's, uh, he's accurate. (laughs) Well,
2: great having you with us throughout the week, uh, Andy, and I uh, hope you're back again with us soon. All right, thank you. So that was Andy Roddick, and what a lovely story that is about Wimbledon giving him honorary membership for all the services he gave and all the joy he gave to fans at Wimbledon over the years. Three times a runner's up, a runner up in that tournament, and it's you could hear in his voice just what that meant to him.
3: Yeah and uh the the joke is about membership to Wimbledon that the easiest way to become a Wimbledon member is is to win the men's singles title there it's that exclusive a club um so the the fact that he's been bestowed uh bestowed that privilege without having won there it is a testament to um what he gave that tournament but he gave tennis a lot and he gave uh he gave the sport a lot all over the world but I really think as I say, in, in my mind, he is an honorary Wimbledon champion. That's sort of, you know, I, I mentioned to Tim that Ken Rosewell, Pat Rafter, Andy Roddick, in my mind, they are sort of honorary Wimbledon champions. Cumulatively, they did enough to be, to be Wimbledon champions. And had it not been for uh, a freak two weeks in 2001, Goran Ivanovic would, would be in that category as well. So I think, it's, I think it's a really wonderful thing for them to have done.
2: I agree with you. We actually uh, did a little bit of research afterwards, spoke to uh, the Wimbledon press office to find out who, which other players have been honorary Wimbledon members uh, who haven't won the, the singles title. And as, as um, Tim Hemman mentioned, uh, Mark Woodford and Todd Woodbridge both received that uh, that gong. And, and Todd Woodbridge actually wrote to me to, to explain the the privilege and the pride he felt the day he actually received that letter to say and he, he mentioned that he received a letter saying would you consider becoming a Wimbledon member as it and he said as, it, as if they had to ask.
3: Crikey I, well, imagine receiving that letter is so far removed from anything I'll ever experience receiving a letter like that uh how, how wonderful and how that's so fitting for the All England club that they would phrase it that way isn't it they're so understated and classy and uh, and go about their business in that sort of way and they, they didn't even make a song and dance about Andy Roddick being in uh inducted into their exclusive club uh, which is it's is just fans uh, is is just Fabulous, I think. So
2: we decided to make a song and dance about it for them, Uh, uh, whether they like it or not, frankly. Uh, Fred Stolly, Ken Rosewell and uh, Tony Roach, three of the greats from yesteryear, all Australian, who have all received honorary membership as well.
3: It's it's a bit of an Aussie Aussie cabal, isn't it? Who do they know? (laughs) Who do they know on the All England Club board?
2: Well, they have done pretty well, to be fair, haven't they? (laughs) David Levy, um, it's... um, it does feel right though doesn't it to to see roddick in that sort of company and and I, th- I think for anybody who has followed him particularly in 2009 i know that roddick himself thought that was the moment that everybody understood what he's all about and i think the the story of uh, of the people he has with him here his his friend Stephen, who, who was a, a taxi driver a london cabbie who befriended the family and drives him every year and the the relationship they have and obviously uh his son, Paul, as well, works with the, the Roddick family as well now uh, in Austin, Texas. But it, it says everything, doesn't it? The, the type of people they are. Very down-to-earth, very decent, and, and it's a great thing to see them both here in London and getting recognised like that.
4: It absolutely does. Uh, incredibly classy, uh, and yeah, it speaks volumes for them. I've got to know Stephen, uh, the, the chap that you mentioned just now. Um, I got to know him fairly well through working at Queen's. Uh, before I worked for you guys, I did some stewarding and got to know him then and they're a love he's a lovely guy has a lovely family and it's a great story um you know you'll be able to read about it on uh it's been in the media before but how a chance encounter as a london cab driver he picked up Andy Roddick and his then coach uh, and took him to a restaurant knew the doorman they were very impressed
5: ready to pop the question
2: Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right.
4: And said, You pick us up and take us home, and, and that completely changed their lives forever. Um, and they are genuinely part of the family now. Um, And so, yeah, it was lovely seeing Stephen down here for the tournament. He came down here and they're part of the the Roddick family. So it's it's a lovely story and um, I'm always very happy to see them. So it's been great to see them down here this week. Uh, And you're right about Andy and Wimbledon crowd. And in particular, you know, he told the story earlier in the week of how amazed he was that having lost the final, it was his name that they were chanting at the end and the contrast between the, quite prim and proper Wimbledon, largely British crowd. And this quite brash, you know, self-styled, brash, loudmouth Texan um, was great. And it's, uh, yeah, you wouldn't put those two groups of people together, but they got on famously and the crowd respected Andy because they could see how much he put into it. So, yeah, it's special for him coming back to London, as he's talked about, and great to see him here playing and playing really well.
2: Certainly is. Now, Dave, uh, just moving on, you were present when the uh, challenge match between Catherine and myself took place. Um, Didn't go very well from my perspective. Um, What what were your thoughts? Is there anything I should be working on?
4: Tennis, mainly, I think. Uh, No, I mean, it was a real treat for me to watch it. The most bizarre thing was not just seeing you two who I know very well play on the court, but playing in this amazing court and this amazing arena with absolutely no one in it.
2: Steady on, there was a few people banging down the door to watch.
4: Yeah, that's true. The cleaner needed to get access to the side of the court. But no, I mean, the, the contrast of that with the full houses, the packed crowds that we've had and the wonderful atmosphere we've had. No, you, you, your match, you know, although slightly less... Um,
2: Choose your words carefully here.
4: The quality was different to what we've seen from the the, uh, the professionals, the retired players, but it was a gripping contest and I was privileged to be courtside. Um and I'd like to thank you for not ordering me around too many times, Catherine, as the ball boy. There are a couple of gestures that you've learnt from the players of of nods of your head, of pass me the ball, which means pass me the ball. But you were generally quite kind.
3: If you want to be a champion, you've got to think like a champion and act like a champion, Dave. If I've learnt anything from working on the tennis tour, it's that asking for the towel with a with a gesture across your face gets you far. So uh, and and it proved and it proved right, did it not? And I I won't have myself tarred with the same. Insulting brush is David Law. There's only one champion in this room right now. and it's me.
2: On that wonderful note, we'll move straight on to uh, the World Team Tennis Smash Hits event, the Milan Smash Hits event, which uh, took place just after the ATP Champions Tour final here, pitted Team Elton against Team Billy Jean and some of the greatest players in the world of all time coming in to participate in that. On Team Billy Jean was uh, Tim Hemman and Kim Clijsters, Sabina Lizicki and Jamie Murray. And on Team Elton, uh, there was John McEnroe. Andy Roddick, Heather Watson and Martina Hingis. So it was a really all-star clash and it was absolutely fantastic stuff. And beforehand, they gave a fantastic press conference, didn't they, Catherine? And something that strikes me when Billie Jean King walks into the room is what a tonic she is for everybody. The woman is is nearly 70 years of age and she is just so pumped up for what she's getting involved in, to raise money and, frankly, to compete. She's just... She just recharges everybody's batteries.
3: She's not going through the motions, is she? She is. I th- I think she's an inspiration. I've n- I've never I've never met her. I've never been present in a room with her before, and uh, I think she. I d- I don't like to use words like role model and all of those sorts of things lightly, but for the sport and you know on a personal level for women, I think she's and for women in sport she has done pretty much as much as anyone in history for women's sport and for women to be taken seriously in sport and to to hear her talk she did a she did a couple of interviews where she was asked in quite a lot of depth about women in sport and equality and she speaks so well and passionately and convincingly on the subject it's um it was it was a privilege to um to be around her talking about that and uh, she really believes in the cause that they they've been playing for here at the Royal Albert Hall the um, Elton John AIDS Foundation um and yeah she she thanked every every journalist in the room she thanked them for coming and for covering her event and she really meant it and that was such a classy touch
2: it certainly was classy Slightly less classy were some of the comments made in the press conference when the two teams were jousting and, uh, and trying to psych each other out. First, team Billie Jean, who said she was very confident about her team's chances.
0: Each one of them, I know, likes to win. They hate losing, so that's why I love. Um, we'll see. Wait until we're out on the court. We let the rackets do the talking. Well,
1: um, it's just an honour for me to be a part of this and to be a part of passionate people. Um, it was a
3: no-brainer for me to say yes to uh, when I got invited. Although I've retired, I'm still very competitive,
5: and, um, and I look forward to, t- to try to get it to 11 <laughs> all.
1: She said losing is not an option. Um, <laughs> he is making this up. We please. have to win, and if we don't win, we won't be invited back. So it's as simple as that, and I'm, I'm very confident that we as a team will deliver.
2: So that was Billie Jean King with her team and Tim Hemmen politely explaining how they intend to go about their business. Now Sir Elton John was rather less polite. If you're sensitive to a bit of bad language, I suggest you turn the sound down now.
4: I'm very excited about tonight's outcome. It's uh, not that Billie Jean and I are competitive, but it's 11 10 in my favour at the moment. So it's been pretty evenly balanced over the, over the 21 years.
2: So, Alton, obviously, you've got so many star performers alongside you, players who've done so much in the game. What do you have to say to them tonight before they go out on, on the court?
0: You don't yeah, fucking lose. lose. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, basically. No, it's it. You know, we're both competitive, but no, I
4: don't (coughs) have to tell these guys anything. I just it's my privilege to be able to sit courtside and watch their skills. I mean, you don't appreciate um, sport until you see it live.
2: So that was Sir Elton John, Catherine Whitaker. He uh, he doesn't mess about, does he?
3: Yeah, it's not not language becoming of a, a knight, is it? <laughs> the queen, the queen might be on the phone to re, to revoke his knighthood. Uh, I am sure it's nothing she hasn't heard before, though from from Sir Elton. I I, I I think we were warned to possibly expect some some bad language from him, but uh, he used it to great effect, didn't he, to emphasise just how much he wanted to win and how serious he was taking it. And I have to say, having just watched some of it, I was quite taken aback by how how high quality the tennis was and how competitive it was out there i mean they were they were blasting the ball at one another it was it it could have been a very unique sort of tour level match i think there's a place for that sort of thing in competitive on the competitive tennis tours how how you find that place and make room for it i don't know but i think efforts could be made because it it could really work
2: I really do agree. I mean, I I thought it was fun. And this is the thing. When you watch the International Tennis Premier League over the last couple of weeks, that is the same kind of thing or feel to it, isn't it, Dave? And I don't know. I think that that tennis could do well to incorporate that into its legitimate calendar and make it relevant.
4: Yeah, Billie Jean King made a really good point in the press conference earlier where she talked about how lots of people love team sports and how lots of us when we're growing up play in team sports. She talked about her brother playing Major League Baseball. Uh, It doesn't matter that it was a very high standard, but it is a team sport. And, you know, I grew up playing football and cricket and rugby a bit, as well as tennis. And so to combine the tennis, the sport of tennis with the team element, I think adds a really interesting dynamic to it. And I'd be interested to see how far it can go. I mean, they would have to sacrifice something in terms of scheduling, um, because clearly there is, you know, the, the tournament, would, tournaments would have to be fitted in somewhere into a, a, what is already a very long season. But yeah, it, it was great fun to watch a different dynamic tonight, and a very enjoyable end to a fantastic week.
3: And and it it shows that f- f- having fun on tennis court is compatible compati- compatible with wanting to win and a competitive match. I mean, I, I I know that from seven years on the Champions Tour, seven years of watching John McEnroe play tennis. Um, Not that he's necessarily smiling, but I do believe he's having fun and he's also desperately yearning to win as well. So, And, uh, yeah, Dave makes a great point. I mean, team sports are, especially for kids, I think, more relatable. I think the more team element you can bring into tennis, the more you will engage kids, the more... And, you know, kids coming up that get into tennis, there's a lot of talk in the analysis in countries where... Uh, young players aren't coming through that the analysis is often made that well tennis loses out to other sports. Australia makes that analysis a lot. you know they lose the kids aged 13, 14 that are decent tennis players because they're also good at cricket, they're also good at rugby, and they'd rather play with their mates. I think the more that they those sorts of kids see that tennis can be a team, t- team sport that you can experience that sort of thing whilst being an individual sports person, I really think that could benefit our sport.
2: I would probably agree with you there. Now, the score of that uh, match between uh, Team Billie Jean and Team Elton was a resounding victory for Billy Jean King, wasn't it? 22-16, is that right? And it brings the overall head-to-head between the two teams over 22 years of combat to 11 each.
3: And where will they be next year? Who knows?
2: Well, I hope they come back here because this was worth worth watching, wasn't it, Dave? I'd have paid good money to see that. If I hadn't been able to get in free like I can now. <laughs>
4: Yeah, me too. I, it was it was really a, a great end to the week and I really hope they come back. It added such a, a great element to this week, which was already completely unique because of the venue. Because as I said earlier, we had new players this year, we had a different playing field. So it's great to see Roddick and Gonzalez and Malice, uh at this tournament. Um, and then having that today and having the women players as well. The team captains, the two icons, sport and music and entertainment and the venue is a great buzz in the arena tonight. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I really hope they come back. Uh, and I hope that the uh, the event realises what a success it was moving it outside of America for the first time. Uh, and they come back to London. Uh, you know, we've got some great sport in London and the UK. We've got the World Tour Finals. We obviously have the set pieces of Queens that we're lucky to work out in Wimbledon. Um, and if this was another edition, I'd be very happy.
2: Your highlights of the week, Dave
4: sitting in the front row of an Elton John press conference uh, as a Watford fan and him being asked the question about the thumping victory that my team and his team, our team, uh, enjoyed on Friday night. That was an undoubted highlight.
2: Catherine? Uh,
3: when, did, uh, when did Elton last uh, against Watford play? Dave, remind me.
4: Some, you know, he doesn't go to as many games as I do. It's fair to say we live different lives. You're
3: doubting
2: his, his loyalty to the cause. The man was the chairman of the team.
3: Yeah, but things can change, you know. Think, I mean, uh, although, to be fair, in the press conference, he was asked a question about Watford, and uh, he seemed to be pretty up on what was going on. I mean, he would be if your team had won 5-0 on Friday night. I'd, He's a
2: diehard I'd... fan. He's up for it.
3: You can't be called a die hard fan if you suddenly regain interest after a 5 0 victory.
2: I'm a die hard fan and I don't go and see the, the Albion after their. Fu- no, we don't have 5 0 victory. <laughs> Dave, um, so yes, we know that Dave is happy to have seen Sir Elton John close up in the flesh, fellow Watford fan. What about your highlights of the week, uh, Catherine? Or do I need, need to ask?
3: You're setting me setting me up for a gloat here, which is not fair. Prepare for a Get it out of the way. Prepare for a hashtag humble brag here. No, I mean uh what was my highlight of the week besides uh thrashing my mentor and boss on the tennis court, which might not serve me well uh in future. Uh besides that, probably every podcast we've recorded this week, I can't pick a favourite. But it has been such a joy, and the odd person has come up to this 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 week, notably Brooklyn Decker, but others as well, and they genuinely seem to have enjoyed it. So not to give ourselves too much of a pat on the back, but I I think it's been great to record one every day, and I hope, hope everyone's enjoyed it as much as I have.
2: Yeah, well, we're not doing it anymore because I'm going to put the microphone away in a huff because I lost the tennis match and everybody took the mickey out of me. No, I'm not. I've had a great time with it, as all of you have as well. I think my highlight has been just the the sheer camaraderie between everybody involved in the event. I don't want to sound too dewy-eyed about it all, but, I mean, it, it has been a fantastic atmosphere throughout this tournament and seeing the stands totally full seeing the Royal Albert Hall buzzing everybody enjoying themselves just before Christmas and this event is a fantastic tennis tournament it's been going for 17 years now this is the 18th edition it'll be back again next year and I hope you've enjoyed our tennis podcasts and we will be back Catherine Whitaker, in the new year won't we and it's going to be an exciting year
3: yeah, we'll be back Dave Levyless. sadly yeah. oh, I
2: think he can make a special guest appearance now and again you know
3: Well, if he flies out to Australia with us, he sure can. I think we'll we'll be back in Melbourne, won't we? I can
2: slot you in my suitcase if you like, Dave.
4: Thank you very much. Are you not looking for sponsorship opportunities (laughs) on the tennis podcast? Because I feel like this would be a good time to pay for my flights to come out.
3: (laughs) There's no room in your suitcase after you've packed one pair of shoes, David. Yes,
2: that's right. I don't play tennis anymore. I've given up. But uh, listen, thank you for joining us, for bearing with us, for listening to us witter on about tennis over the last 12 months. And uh, we will speak to you soon. Happy Christmas and Happy New Year.